UFC Fight Pass presents Extra Round. Live from the Fight Pass studios in Southern California, it's Extra Rounds on UFC Fight Pass. Along with Ray 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 Longo, here's your host, TJ DeSantis. Extra Rounds. Well, it's Fight Week once again. Who am I kidding? It's Fight Week every week here on UFC Fight Pass. But uh, Las Vegas is once again the destination. Saturday night inside the UFC Apex. It is a heavyweight collision as a black beast, Derek Lewis, takes on Sergey Spivak. We are here to break it down, and you're here to listen and educate yourselves. Or who am I kidding? I'm not going to teach you anything. But Ray Longo might. Hey, everybody, it's Extra Rounds. I am TJ DeSantis. He is the great Ray Longo. Ray, uh, have you ever, like, thought about being, you know, labeled as, like, a professor? I know some Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belts, they like to be called professors. I feel like you should be something. What's, what's your honorary title, Ray Longo? Definitely not a professor. I don't like that friend. I like. Friend? I don't. I don't like. I don't like the titles. You know what I mean. To be honest with you, no Sifu Sensei. Right. Uh, I'm just uh, trying to do my job, and I want to see everybody successful. Save the titles for your athletes who go out there and win them. Right. Exactly. There you go. Well, uh, no championship on the line Saturday night, but I think anybody that stays up to watch this fight card, they all deserve. Uh, titles of their own right. Uh, prelims start at 7 p.m., Ray. This is crazy. It's a, it's a fight night in Las Vegas, and we're kind of, you know, living like we're on the East Coast out here. I feel bad, though, for East Coast fans who don't get that first prelim until 10 p.m. Oh, right, because the prelims for me start at 10 p.m. Yeah, it's. I mean, people are going to be pulling all-nighters out there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'll make it to the main event, because I think the main card starts at 1 a.m. Yeah, it's oh, crazy. So you know, it's, for you, it's like what, what I go through. Right, oh, that's yeah. A, that's interesting. Well, you know, it's funny. We're not even doing a post-fight show because I, I can't hang with someone like you. You know what I mean? I can't stay well, up I mean, that late. For me, it'd have to be 3 o'clock in the morning, maybe 4. That's crazy. Uh, that's isn't absolutely that crazy? crazy. So yeah. I think the problem was they were supposed to do this card in Korea, right? They, right. They have all the Korean fighters, but I hear so. It is you know, what but- it is. At least for those that, you know, stay up all the way until the main event, it's probably going to be a short one. I don't think this one's going to go 25 minutes. You got two guys with uh, finishing rates north of, of 80%. Uh, the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, uh, taking on Ser- Sergey Spivak. Um, let's start with the Black Beast and, you know, kind of break down Derek Lewis because he's had an interesting uh, spot in his career. He's still ranked number seven uh, in the division. Uh, he's a guy that just doesn't go away. Uh, you know, this is a, a class where you can stick around as long as you win one, lose one, or sometimes even, you know, win two, uh, lose three, you can still stick around in the UFC's heavyweight division. That's just heavyweight mixed martial arts as a whole. And Derek Lewis, he wins fights that matter, keeping him in that top 10. Um, but, you know, I'm not breaking news, Ray, when I say he's an underdog here. And uh, for, for good reason, despite having a higher ranking than Sergey Spivak, who is ranked number 12, uh, Derek Lewis, you know, he's lost three of his last four. And not only has he lost three of his last four, he's been finished in three of his last four. Right. And that's the problem. So it's, but like you say, with the heavyweights, because there's a lack of them, you always have a little job security. But and obviously, Derek Lewis is a is a huge name. People still love to see him. That's the that's the beautiful thing about branding, right? He branded right. himself the Black Beast. He's had great interviews on the microphone. Who doesn't want to see him fight? At right, the end of, of the day, win or lose, it's not even. He's just entertaining. So, yeah. but. I, you know, he's probably now making a decent buck. So he's, you know, he likes to fight still. But uh, he really, I think he's in desperate need of a win. 
uh, this this fight coming up. So we'll see what happens. Taking a look at his stats here, MMA record of 26 and 10, made his debut back in the UFC uh, in 2014. He owns the record for most knockouts in uh, UFC history at 13. So definitely uh, don't blink when the Black Beast is inside right. uh, the octagon. But l- like I said, you know, it, it's been hard times for him. He's lost three of his last four. He's been finished in three of his last four. Um, but one thing I will say, and I heard John Anik talking about this on the Anik Florian podcast, you know, Derek Lewis does sort of overachieve at times. When you think, you know, he, he's sort of a kill or be killed fighter, he's gone yeah. very late and has gone the distance with a lot of, you know, really great fighters. And Anik said it was because of his fight IQ. And I, and I thought about that and I kind of felt bad because I didn't label uh, Derek Lewis as sort of a guy that had a great fight IQ. I, I sort of labeled him more as a survivor. But obviously you're not going to be able to survive unless you're making, you know, the proper decisions. And, you know, for the most part, Derek Lewis, while you can finish him that is true he, he's a guy that doesn't go away easily yeah that's an interesting thing fight aq i think man that's that's interesting i i, I think the the thing with him is that he could always get you out with one punch and people know that right so they're hesitant like you know like if you look at him and francis was that fight iq on both of their parts or was I mean, it more apprehension to get knocked out you so can't think, ever be overcautious with a guy right. like Derek I, Lewis. Yeah, I think the beast, you know, he has to control his um his cardio. Right. Uh like again, you put the beast in a one round fight, he's gonna have a big knockout. He's not gonna worry about anything. So I think he's smart enough. Yeah, if that's fight IQ, he's smart enough to stay within himself and not, you know, let go with too much energy and still be able to finish the job. Yeah, then I agree with that. Almost like what he did with the Russian guy. Um, can't think of his name, but he knocked him out like the last round. He's losing Volkov. that whole fight, you know. So yeah, right, exactly. So uh, look, at the end of the day, he's an entertaining guy, and he a hundred percent has knockout power. But it seems like he's reached a point in his career. He either knocks you out or he's getting knocked out. Yeah. Whereas he used to lay back a little bit, but I think people understand it now because he's been around for a while. He's getting older, and I'd like to see him with a good training IQ where he comes in in fantastic shape and he doesn't have to worry about cardio and he just, you know, implements the game he wants to. Yeah, the, the one sort of question mark I think about Derek Lewis always is his health. He's been plagued by back issues. Right. Uh, you know, and, and that's the thing, too. Like, you know, I'm not telling people to, to bet or not bet money, but I don't know how any person puts money down on a Derek Lewis fight uh, and, you know, feel confident because you don't know what he's going to show up like, whether his cardio is going to fail him or whether he's, you know, not in shape because he's, you know, injured because his back is plaguing him. You you just never really know what you're going to get with, with the black beast. Yeah. Listen, I think people put money down because they genuinely love him. Right. They love the beast. I mean, since they won, they, there were guys at the gym. They just got a kick out of him, And then he had a couple of really great fights. He had a really couple of, real memorable interviews. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, uh, it's uh, they might not even be wanting to watch him fight. They might be waiting for the post-fight interview. They might want to see him win yeah. just to see what he says to Rogan. I don't know, but that's that's the beautiful thing about the Beast. He's, he's charismatic in his own way. He can knock you out. You know, uh, uh, listen, win or lose, he's always in an exciting fight, I think, that you could say, except for 
the Francis fight, which right. I don't know what was going on in that fight. But, that's uh, the anomaly, though, right? Like, that's the fight yeah. that sort of sticks out that you can't really look too much into that as anything other than both of those guys, I think, respected the hell out of one another. That that was it. That was it. But but everything else, he's been always he's always exciting. But, you know, look, as you get older, man, things start to to disappear a little bit. So I think this is, this is an important fight for him. He needs a win. And uh, I'll be pulling for the beast. I like it. Plus 195 is Derek Lewis. The favorite is Sergey Spivak, who is minus 230. Spivak 15-3 in his MMA run, 6-3 in the UFC, currently riding a two-fight win streak. He has stopped uh, both Augusto Sakai and Greg Hardy uh, in his last two fights. Um, No surprise that he's the favorite here, but like you said, Ray, like when you're approaching Derek Lewis, even if you are a finisher like Spivak is, you got to ride that throttle very carefully because – you too, if you get, you know, overextended or, or gassed out or anything, the last thing you want to do is be standing in front of a very, you know, hungry game, deadly Derek Lewis, because he'll put your lights out. Listen, man, I mean, this fight, I think this is way close. I mean, because first off, uh, Sakai and um, Greg Hardy, the beast tomorrow would beat the both of those guys. So I'm not sure that's a good gauge. But if you look at quality of opponents who the beast uh, – who uh, Derek Lewis has been in there with way better a competition, I think, than Sergey's been in with as of right now. So I think this is experience and, you know, like, again, he needs a win, uh, but he certainly has the knockout power to, to end that fight. Still, that'll never leave him. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And, uh, you know, I, it's one of those situations where I do feel, though, if Spivak is controlled and maybe tries to bring Derek Lewis to the second or third round, that does benefit him. But, yes. uh, you know, we'll see. you gotta, you got to survive that onslaught in that storm. Yeah, yeah, and he's got a better ground game. So I think that's his, that's his best path to victory is try to get it to the floor and wear him out down there, if not finish the fight down there. So, Oh, come on. I, I know you're not sleeping on Derek Lewis's ground game. I mean, he's got 21 knockouts, but he's got one submission. One submission in his career. Well, what submission was that? I have no idea. I probably fear. Probably did he, did he suffocate somebody on top of him? That's, that's a great question. I got to look it up now because, yeah. like, like, what does Derek Lewis have that is his favorite submission? You think? I, I'm going to say it's like a guillotine or something like that. Let's see what a head knob joke. What's your uh, What's your best sub? What do you got in the the bag of tricks? Uh man, last time I was on the mat, I'd say I could still. Kamora, the average beginner. Oh, that's my favorite. <laughs> that's my favorite submission, Ray. That's about. That's about it. Oh you wow! Don't see it. Oh, I got it. it. I got it. In his uh, in his fourth pro fight, uh, Derek Lewis hit an arm bar on a gentleman named Rakeem Cleveland, which, by the wow. way, doesn't sound like a real name. I'm just going to throw wow. that out there. Yeah, I got a wow. submission over who? Um, Rakeem Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't anyone share this with Derek Lewis. I don't want to be his yeah. second submission. But there you go. That's funny. Um, Martin Tybura, he's uh, in action. Another heavyweight fight. He takes on Blagoy uh, Ivanov. Uh, Tybura 6-1 and one since 2020. Uh, he's got a streak that goes back uh, uh, those seven fights uh, with a win over Spivak. So Tybura firmly in the mix. He's going to be uh, you know, having vested interest in that main event. Uh, are, are you familiar with the story of Blagoy Ivanov? Stabbed in the chest, was on like a respirator. For is he a, the guy from uh, American Kickboxing? Uh, I got to pull that up. I don't I know think where he's he is, right? I think he's a Yeah, you know, you're right. You are right. Yep. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with him. I'm not, not the stabbing, though. Just a crazy story, man. Like, just the these heavyweights in and outside of the octagon, the, the hell that they're able to go through and come back. But uh, Who's uh, the favorite even in that fight? Let's see here. Where is it? Burr, 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 burr. There it is. Minus 135 for Tabora. Uh, even off the comeback is uh, plus 115. All right, so close, close fight. Yeah, we'll see what I happens. Think I, mean, ac- I think that's accurate. I think most heavyweight fights are coin tosses, Ray. You, you look at it, it's just, I hate to say that, but like these guys, they, they, they you know, exchange wins and losses a lot. And, it, and it's sort of like the only division that you'll see top to bottom in MMA where, you know, the guys, you know, number four through one, they're killers. But after five to 15, it, it's a, it's a, just a wash on who might win. You know? I agree with you. So, but it makes and it you fun. know what's funny in the heavyweight division in boxing was always the premier division, but uh, in MMA it's more of uh, the light heavyweights. I think Still that's always show. been sort of the, uh, right. the the golden division for the UFC. Yeah. It's been the light heavyweight division. But uh, real quick, let's take a look at the uh, the heavyweight mix here. Uh, look at our rankings. Currently, no champion atop the heavyweight class. Your number one ranked uh, fighter is Surreal Gone Miocic at two, Sergey Pavlovich at three. Curtis Blades at four, Ty Tuivasa at five, uh, Tom Aspinall at six, got Derek Lewis again, who's in action at seven, um, Martin Tabura at number 10. Um, so you got some uh, some rankings movement potentially here uh, yeah. on this fight card, but also too, right, just the, the simple fact that we are, you know, gearing up for a March showdown between Surreal Gone and John Jones. I mean, heavyweight's going to look a lot different here in a matter of two months. Yeah, yeah, John Jones is going to, reignite that whole division but the first six guys are all they're all they're all not easy outs that that's a that that's a better sounded better when you were reading it than when i went when i wasn't thinking about it but uh I mean, there's I fun think fights Mi- yeah i you think know? mr francis is going to be a big deal but you know having john jones step in there with his marquee value and his obviously he's, he's one of the greatest of all time right. uh yeah that that's that's going to bring some life back to that division. No, 100%. And it's going to be exciting yeah. to see w- what happens. Uh, we're going to start a new uh, segment here called Ask Ray. And uh, oh, we've we've uh, solicited uh, listeners and viewers online through uh, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, email, uh, xarounds at ufc.com, uh, to just submit your questions for Ray Longo. And this actually uh, fits in quite nicely. Uh, Tony P. from Seattle uh, writes in, Ray, he wants to know about John Jones. He says, is it is it safe to say we really know anything about John Jones fighting at heavyweight? Like, think about this, right? We've been doing extra rounds since May of 2020. John Jones right. hasn't fought in that time. Like, this will right. be the first fight that John Jones has had since I've been doing the show for the better part of three years. Now, I don't know what to expect. Jones is definitely going to be different. You, you you expect him to be, you know, as powerful and strong as he was at light heavyweight, if not stronger. Will he be as fleet of foot? I don't know. Uh, what do you think we can take away? Because that's the thing, too. John, in his last couple of performances at 205 pounds, wasn't the vintage John Jones of old. Will he be, you know, sort of born again and be this, you know, great elite heavyweight? Or is he going to be on the, you know, sort of downswing of his career when looking back at his 205-pound performances? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with uh, the, the, the question, though. I mean, I don't think we do know a lot about him at this point. He's been away too long. Uh, I mean, he switched camps. Uh, we know he got bigger. We know he right. put the weight and the muscle on. That's about it. 
We don't know how he's going to react to a guy's his own size or if he has to carry that extra weight uh, that he's not used to carrying. So, I mean, not even like on himself, but I'm saying even moving a bigger guy, he's going to have to move another 50 pounds. Like, so, uh, man, it's, it, it makes it intriguing, though, but I don't think we know a lot about him. No, I think this is uh, – I want to say this will be a fresh start for John Jones at heavyweight. And this first fight, this will tell us everything we want to know about him at heavyweight for sure. You know, I think styles make fights, obviously. But, you know, there are multiple different style matchups for John at heavyweight that I don't really know what they look like. We saw what Francis did to Surreal Gone a year ago, you know, taking him down and, you know, pulling a, a wrestling game. John yeah. has good wrestling. Like, John could do the same thing but also jones has been you know one to to stand at, at distance and use his length and reach and you know yeah. get uh you know flashy and fancy but he's also been tagged a lot he's been hit more in his last couple of fights than he has his entire run uh yeah. atop the, the 205 pound division i don't know if he can afford to get hit in the heavyweight class right and i'm gonna say dominic reyes uh, a fight that i thought he unequivocally lost right he had trouble taking him down or keeping them down. And sure. Dominic Reyes isn't a wrestler, so I think that's a positive uh, for Cyril Gunn. I think, like, again, yeah, I, there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff. I mean, there's, like, again, I, I am excited for that fight just to see where he's at. Like, again, maybe we don't we don't know injuries. We don't know. Uh, let's hope he gets to the fight and he passes the drug test at this point. You know, that who knows? I mean, there's a lot of moving parts with him, but... He how old is he now? He got old. He's got to be 36, 37, I'm gonna say. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, for a heavyweight, that's not bad, but you know, he was wasn't a heavyweight his whole life. So I that I'm I'm really curious to see how he moves with the extra weight on. And not only that, how he can sustain a five round fight right with the extra muscle, you know, because that's not easy to do either. And um, you know. Like the call said, I, I don't think we know a lot, but we are going to find out a lot in a short yeah. period of time. And that's the thing, too. I think it also benefits Surreal Gone that this fight is a five-round fight, and he's been yeah. active where John hasn't. And going five rounds when you're carrying that extra weight is a lot different than going five rounds when you're 205-pounder. So uh, we'll Without see what happens. Uh, next yeah. question here. Uh, this from uh, Twitter, a uh, gentleman named uh, @freebarely. Uh, he says, uh, would the Ray Longo of today be the best person to train a 23-year-old Ray Longo, or would you have needed a different personality back then to mentor you? Uh, well, I mean, I was never a fighter, so I'm not really sure. Yeah, but like, if you, if, you, if you were trying to go out there and, and learn you know, martial arts at 23 years old, would, would the, the coach that you are today be the best personality to get through to a 23-year-old incarnation of yourself? Oh. Man, what are we? This is deep. It's very deep. I'm not. I wasn't. I didn't think I had to think tonight. I thought we were just bullshit. Uh. Wow, that's a really good question. Hold on a second. Well, I mean, what were you like at 23 years old? Like, what were your main priorities in life at 23 years old? Well, 20, no, I was. I was. I was training. Right. So I loved training, but I was more. So look, obviously, there's no UFC. So I was just a martial arts. Always right. loved martial arts. So uh, I think I was surround i think i had some of the best instructors and stuff at the time so that was that was good but if uh what i know to i think i would have been fine i'm i'm you know like again i'm a compassionate instructor i like to see people grow so i think that would have been uh 
that would have been a, yeah, I think I would have been fine with that. A, a 23 year old, uh, learning from me as of today. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So like Again, the, the today yeah. you teaching the 23 year old. Right yeah. Now. I mean, I have so much more knowledge now than I ever had that I think I would be, that would be perfect. Yeah. I just think that, you know, even when we're in the gym, I mean, you're talking about like 30 years of experience, even when people are training, like what right. I've seen and how I've seen people come back from injuries, how they got injured. We're definitely uh, he the twenty three would be fine with me today because I'd be a little more compassionate too. Like back in those days, if you got knocked out in sparring, you got put right back in there. Right, of and course. I would never do. I would never do that to somebody today. You know what I mean? We're definitely yeah. more conscious. So I have definitely, as I got older, I got more wisdom. Uh, definitely mellowed out a bit. So that that would be good. You know, I think you know somebody to pull the reins in on me a little bit would have been great. Yeah. You know, every time I talk to an athlete uh, that is, you know, active in their MMA career in their 30s, they always say, if I could only go back to my 20s and just tell that kid what I know today and approach everything differently, they'd all be world champions. And I think there's something to that. Uh, yeah, I agree with that, you know, but I, I always enjoy it. Like I, I still to this day, I love I love training. So, right. you know, I have, uh, you know, I definitely hacked away a lot of the unessentials of training and you kind of know like there's like somebody in the gym now it's like okay we have six months to train them or eight months you know you gotta that's a different approach than if you had two or three years you know so for sure we follow a couple of different protocols but i'm gonna say i would have never had that experience 20 years ago right i would have of been, course look, you know I'll, I'll give you a good example too even with the weight cutting I, that was never my thing but mm. i had matt sir we we had no idea you know who saved us one day you'll appreciate this because you, right. you're going to know the guy nobody else will gil castillo oh yeah gil, sure caesar gil gracie was guy a great guy great guy he saved us we were lost really and, and everybody was lost Everybody had a different way. That's very so scientific now with the nutrition and yeah. the water loading. Yeah. Back then, it was crazy. And he saved us one fight for sure because Matt was struggling and he kind of walked us through it. And if Gil, if you're out there, thanks. I did see him in Vegas one time. It was great catching up with him. He was always a nice guy. And he was the middleweight champ, right? At one point. He was the first ever middleweight champion. Yeah. Think about it. Like, or second, second ever. Have, he, Second ever, he beat uh, Dave Binet, who was the first ever. My right, fellow Minnesota right. guy, of, but yeah. People have no idea, probably, of that, like who he is. No. Um, you know? He's sort of a footnote in history. I always think of this, and we talk uh, about this a yeah. lot uh, and, and post-fight, Ray. Uh, you know, these athletes that go through basically hell inside the octagon and continue fighting, uh, you know, a lot of them are cut, and the, the cut is definitely bleeding into the eye. I remember yeah. Gil Castillo fought Matt Hughes for the welterweight title, and he had a tiny, tiny cut above his right eye and it was in nevada and they stopped it and he was like what are you doing stopping it and it was a cut due to a headbutt by accident and wow. uh you know nowadays you can just you can have your whole eyebrow just be one massive cut but <laughs> you look at a tiny little yeah. cut yeah so anyway so the knowledge for everybody i think everybody grew in the last 20 years oh, yeah. right since the inception of the sport like weight cutting to me was the biggest thing because you know i had a lot of boxing friends and stuff man they were the worst there was you know, getting the sauna with the sweatsuit on and the bicycle. Right. That, that yeah. was about it. Starve yourself, you know. Uh, the wrestling guys then came in. They they were more familiar with it, so we were leaning towards them. But then it became very, very scientific. And I think, no. not that I'm saying it's good for you, but it's better for you now than what was going on 20 years ago.
No, for sure. All right, final question. This one's from me because I saw uh, I saw it online a little bit. Uh, obviously, Aljamain Sterling has some uh, business to attend to still uh, atop the bantamweight division. But he was talking yeah. about moving up to 145 pounds. Alger's a guy who you know cuts a lot of weight. Uh, he said that the the cut to 45 or lack thereof, and at least compared to what he's doing to get to 35, would be a lot easier. Uh, so I, I'm curious, Ray, when should will Aljamain Sterling move up to 145 pounds. Well, I'll tell you, if he keeps eating the way he's eating, he might have to make that. He might have to do it tomorrow. He might not. He might not make the Cerruto fight because he's he's huge. I mean, yeah. Did you, him, did you see him with O'Malley and Murray? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the no. guy is. <laughs> he really is. He's enjoying himself. The guy. The guy's absolutely awesome. Uh, well, he's definitely. You know, he's definitely going to. Um, I'm going to say at most two fights. He'll okay. do two more fights, maybe one. That okay. would be my guess. Not that we'll talk about it, but I think, look, Aljo has become one of the nicest guys I've ever met. I really, mm. I know he wants to see Marab get that shot. They're very, right. very close. And I, I I don't know. And that's the way, I, that's what I love about our team. It's not, it, 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 look, you can't have it perfect, but it's just not a selfish team. And he's a great guy. And Marab's a great guy. So, I think he would move up even faster than he wanted to just to give Marab a, a shot. So I'm going to say two fights at most. I could see him with the, the Cejudo and O'Malley, and then that's that's it. I mean, that, and, it, and then basically he did clear out that division kind of right. know, at that point. So. I mean, if he gets those wins, it's going to be hard. You're going to have to establish another contender. It, it, right. Because if Marab's still holding things down, like, they're not going to fight each yeah, what, other. That's obvious. Yeah, what do you th- it's not happening, right? 100% yeah. not happening. Well, Rob's got a really tough fight with Jan. He gets past Jan. You know, it starts heating up a little bit, though. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it, this is, it isn't easy. I wouldn't want to be in their position, but I love the way they're handling it so far. I really do. As a as like a senior guy, or you know, I I, I love it. I want to see everybody remain friends. I'm, I'm not... I'm not a guy sell your soul for money type of guy, you know, and sure. and people will call me a complete idiot and that's their prerogative, obviously. But some guys just, you know, when you're, everything's about money, 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 they can mm. never understand where people are coming from. But uh, I'm here to tell you good guys do finish first. You know what I mean? So that's it. You know, I'm, I'm loving the way they're doing it. So I say two fights tops, maybe one fight. I, I, but again, it, but again, TJ, if the guy doesn't put the whoppers down, <laughs> he's, he's not making those two fights. I mean, I that's funny. You know, right. I, I will say this. I mean, how many times have we talked about athletes, you know, get, becoming champions and finding success and almost that success being the, the end of them? Uh, for Aljamain Sterling, it's the exact opposite. He has captured this championship and has sort of, you know, carried that division in himself in a, in a way that I honestly didn't expect. I mean, he, the, the yeah, maturation right. process that he's gone through uh, being a, a champion under sort of criticism, you know, in the way that he got right, the belt, right. he's turned into one of the best in the sport. Right. You, you hit on the thing I was going to say, he's doing something that if you would have asked people, how do you think he's going to behave? I bet right. you 90% would have been wrong. Yeah. That's well, the, the key. What you said, like, a, but man, the guys, I'm telling you, good dude. That's all I could say. Really good dude. And uh, I'm glad everything worked out the way it did because these guys really put a lot into it. It's really, really, really crazy. But it's great to see him successful. And um, 
I love it. Look, one of the things that bothered me, remember when uh, they took John Jones in and Rashad left? And yeah. Went, That's, is it worth it? Like, is that, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I is it worth I, it? I is destroying a lifelong friendship over yeah, I thought, a fight I thought it worth was, it? Honestly, between me and you, TJ, I thought it was gross. And I wish somebody would have jumped in there and, and did something because, I don't know. I don't want I, I mean, it's, it's, be, it's better when the athletes do it themselves yeah. take it upon themselves to figure it out right. but i mean coaches need to coach sometimes and sometimes yeah, the coaching yeah. isn't just in inside the right. gym exactly you know, so. you gotta meant you gotta listen it's, it's that's what that's kind of the thing it's not really about coaching it's about mentoring somebody right that's why i say how do you mentor somebody if you're not squared away yourself I you mean, know what i mean it's hard you could but right. i'm saying it, people are gonna analyze you and look at it but you're there to really mentor people that's part of coaching yeah. You know, it's like, what's the, what's the saying? Uh, a good coach could change your game. A great coach can change a lifetime. And that's kind of how I tried to, you know, uh, that that's my motto. I believed in as a coach, I wasn't, I didn't really, I want to win. I, I'm, right. I love, I, I don't want to lose, but more importantly, I want to see people win at life. Like where Sarah right. is now with the school and he's sending me videos. He's teaching his daughter how to drive. This is a guy that had the potential to end up like Phil Baroni. Matt mm. was a street kid. He was a fucking street kid when I met him. Yeah. We had the conversation because Matt's very upset about the Baroni thing because his point, I think, is he sees himself. Look, we both started out like in the same Long Island, the same spot. How does this guy end up there? And I right. said, Matt, here's the difference. You surrounded yourself with really good people and Baroni repelled good people. I mean, Phil you was know, uh, Phil was nomadic in his ways. You know what I mean. So he was kind of a guy that bounced really? around from gym to gym for whatever reason. Yeah. I'm not going to say why, you know, but but he's a guy that didn't have a, a, a rock solid guy like yourself in his life. Yeah, you know, and he wasn't my gym at the beginning for a little bit, right? And about five years ago, I, I should find he wrote me a beautiful letter. I had run. I wasn't like I was great friends with him, but I did know him, and uh, he fought for us a couple of times on the local uh, circuit. But I guess I was with Weidman's old man and Weidman and he came over, we had a drink and he wrote me a letter saying he just wished he would have trained with me and I would have been, everything would have been better. It was like wow. almost gut-wrenching, TJ, yeah. that this guy, I mean, I couldn't even believe it myself because there were a couple of times where, you know, I think we were screaming, we were going to kill, you know, like I told him to go fuck himself. He's, he's saying he's going to kill me and it just, he's always been like a loose cannon, you know yeah. what I mean? So but I always had a sore spot for the guy. I always liked his dad, and, you know, and he was always uh, a good guy, but like a little bipolar, I think, you know what I mean? He could, he could draw, he could switch on a dime and those guys are kind of volatile. Right. So, but I think Matt's point was that could have been him. You know right. what I mean? Like yeah. they both like they were, their high schools, but the town over, like it's, it's just crazy, you know? So, Matt, Matt's turned into like a sensitive guy all of a sudden. I'm like, you really that bothered by that? Like, I feel yeah. bad, but I'm not, you know, you know, it's just, you make but they're your peers own... though. They're peers though. Yeah, I mean, not that you weren't a peer, but you know, yeah, he's bothered by it. But anyway, yeah. so that that's again, a good coach can change a game. A great coach can change a lifetime. I think that's what it's about. More important than the coaching is to, you know, see your guy successful after the fighting's done, because it is going to end. And right. that's a, that's inevitable. And I would, it's great to see guys squared away. I, I, you know, I had that conversation with Alge. I said, I'd never worry about you. You're square. You, you, you already got a couple of houses. You're doing the right thing. He's always thinking, right. You know, they're a very smart guy, very smart guy. 
and he knew he wasn't going to blow this opportunity. You know, yeah. And, and, he, yeah. and, and what I think is great about Aljo is, you know, he kind of knew what he wanted from from jump, you know, and, and that yeah. sort of rubbed people, some, some people the wrong way. You know, uh, this is a sport where, uh, you know, people believe it's a meritocracy, but if you don't go straight away and tell the world what you want, no one's going to yeah. hand it to you. You got to go yeah, out there and get it. it. Too. Remember, feed the streets. And oh man, I love that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. I had a, a buddy of mine. So uh, he know Al Joe's friend too, but went out to Vegas. He's a, a Jewish guy, and he called up me up and he said, "Let me tell you something. Al Joe's a mensch." I didn't know what the fuck he was talking <laughs> about. Like, I don't know what, what that the, means. The fuck is a he's just a great guy? He'll do anything for you. There's right. a guy. He doesn't have to do anything for. He said, I went out there. That guy took care of everything, got me to train, and I went over here. He's just a good dude, man. Really good guy. That's yeah, all well, I can say. I think he's uh, following in the footsteps of another good guy, and his name is Ray Longo. And I appreciate well, you, Ray, for being on the show, being my pal, and, you know, uh, off camera as well. And, uh, you know, we're having fun over here in Extra Rounds, and I appreciate you being a part of it. That's what it's about. Keep those questions coming. There was a couple of hard ones today, but that was good. Really right. good. We'll do Ask Ray. Again, just get at me, at TJ DeSantis, at Ray Longo, MMA on Twitter, and, of course, uh, at UFC Fight Pass. Use the hashtag Extra Rounds. All right, Ray, I won't talk to you post-fight because it's going to be 4 o'clock in the morning uh, on the East Coast, but uh, we'll probably bother you next week and get ready for this uh, big UFC going down in Perth. Yeah. You might get a call. Uh-oh. You might get a call. Okay, so I'll... you'll be, it would probably be, oh, no, you'll be sleeping, not 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. We'll wait till the next day. But anyway, right. TJ, always a pleasure. You're the best. I will talk to you soon. Thanks, Ray. Appreciate it. Take it easy, buddy. There he is, Ray Longo, kind enough to give me a few moments here on Extra Rounds. Uh, you should give UFC Fight Pass a few moments this weekend. Uh, obviously got the UFC going on on Saturday night, but uh, our fight week officially kicks off on Friday. Let's take a look at the uh, schedule here. You got uh, an exciting night of action. Your eye favors A1 Combat is coming up. Uh, Shooto Brazil, Lux 30, Fury FC on Sunday. So, you know, just step into our world. Just do it. Sign up right now. UFCFightPass.com if you're not a member already. And if you are, of course, you can get hooked up with uh, all the archives of Extra Rounds. I don't know what episode number we're on, but there's a whole bunch of them. And uh, you should watch and uh, enjoy some of the interviews that we've done, uh, you know, over the years. Can't believe the show's been on for multiple years. Anyway, it will continue coming up next week as we get ready for the big UFC pay-per-view down under. All right, that's it for Ray Longo. I'm TJ DeSantis. Thanks for going a few extra rounds right here on UFC Fight Pass.